We're going to talk just a while today about eliminating living of, li- living of life in the fast lane of busyness and fleshliness. fleshiness. Life is so full for so many. Many are addicted to speed, not the drug, but the lifestyle. And we don't want to be that way. I think rather than having a to-do list, we need to have a not-to-do list. Or even better yet, a must-do list. My prayer for you is that you stay on fire all the way to the rapture of the church. That you don't burn out, but you burn on. You keep fired up for Jesus. Amen. The Greeks had a saying this. They had a race in their Olympic games that was unique. The winner was not the runner who finished first. It was the runner who finished with his torch still lit. How many of you want to run all the way with your flame still lit for him? So therefore, we cannot keep the pedal to the metal and expect to stay strong. You can't continuously work out in the gym and not rest your muscles and not have recovery. No, these are important things for us as we live in this life. I heard this phrase last week. I want to repeat it to you. That people are stressed because they're so busy. And because they are so busy, they are tired. And they are tired... Because they don't know how to rest. I want to talk to you this morning on how to rest in the Lord. From the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse uh, 15. Ecclesiastes 10.15. It says, the labor of the foolish. Look at your neighbor and say, ain't no fool here. But the labor of the foolish causes weariness. Every one of them. Because he doesn't know how to go to the city. Uh, The message says this, A decent day's work so fatigues fools that they can't even find their way back to town. And then I want you to look back up to verse 10. And it says something about... Uh, the axe here in Ecclesiastes 10. If the iron or if the axe be blunt or dull, and he do not sharpen or wet the edge, then he must put to more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. Now one translation says it this way. A dull axe requires great strength. So be wise and sharpen the blade. You see, cutting down a tree with a dull axe wears people out. Being too busy to sharpen your axe, if you will. Being too busy to pray. Being too busy to wait upon the Lord. Being too busy and too connected to anything and everything but Christ will make you dull. And we are not to be dull in this day and in this age. We are to be sharp. We are to be wise. We have to be, if you will, on the cutting edge of what Christ wants to do in our lives in order for us to sustain the kind of strength it's going to take to finish our race. Anybody interested in not being a fool? That was about three of you. Let me ask you again. Anybody interested in not being foolish? 
So keep your spirit strong. Keep your heart charged with the Holy Spirit. Let God's word dwell in you richly. So the question is asked, how then, Pastor Mark, do I rest in the Lord? There are people that are looking for rest in all of the wrong places. Rest is not found in relationships. Rest is not found even in taking a vacation. How many of you found that out? The truth of the matter is this, is rest is deeper than sleep. And rest is more than just having some time off. Now, time off is great. Vacations in Maui are es muy excelente. They are great. They are wonderful. But the answer and the keys to resting in the Lord is your daily walk with God and your daily routine. Number one, we rest by simply coming to Him. And this is what Matthew chapter 11 says in verses 28 through 30. We have an invitation to come to Him. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. And what will He do? I will cause you to rest. There's something about coming to Him and laying aside the weights and laying aside the distractions of this age that will bring rest into your life. I will ease and I will relieve and I will refresh your souls. Do our souls need some refreshing? They absolutely do. In verse 29, it goes on to say, So take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. Now I want you to read verse 30 with me. Ready? Read. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne. That is a powerful statement. So this is the invitation that we must answer. He's saying, get away with me, and you will recover your life. He says, I'm going to show you now how to take a real rest. He says, just walk with me and work with me, Watch how I do it. And then he goes on to say, Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Listen, friends, the pace of God always will lead you to the peace of God. God is saying to us today, I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. And here's the invitation. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. Notice that phrase, keep company with me. That's an invitation. So number one, come to him. Come to him through his word. Come to him by church attendance. Come to him through prayer. Come to him through worship. It is an invitation and you will find rest to your soul. Number two, we rest in the Lord by waiting upon the Lord. In Psalm 46 and verse 10, he says, Be still 
and know that I am God. Notice with me in the Amplified, it says, let be and be still. Many times before we can enter into being still, we need to let some things go. We need to let some cares go. We need to let the anxieties of this age go. So he says, let be and be still and know. There's something that comes into our lives when we're still before him. It is a knowledge. It is a revelation of recognizing and understanding just who he is. He is God, you know. He raised Jesus from the dead, you know. He parted the Red Seas, you know. He caused Jericho's walls to fall flat, don't you know? Amen. So as you come to him and you are still before him, you can get a revelation that he is God and he is God to you and he will forever do his word on your behalf. Amen. Understand that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. See, there are so many volume levels in this world that it can create distortion in our souls. But I just dropped by to tell you this morning, on the edge of this Christmas season, there is strength in being quiet. And there is fulfillment in being still. In Isaiah chapter 20, verse chapter 40, verses 28 through 30, we're going to look at this. We can whip weariness by waiting on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Verse 29. He gives power to who? Somebody says, well, I feel faint. Well, good news. He gives power to you. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Notice with me in verse 30. And I want you to read this with me. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But, verse 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. With wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Keep that verse up there just for a moment. You see, there comes an exchange of your strength for his strength when you come to him and you wait on him. The Bible says that we shall mount up with wings as an eagle. You know what the eagles do? They may sit on a high place and they wait for the wind to carry them to a higher place. They spread their wings and they let the air take them up and up higher and higher above the storm. So that when they're up there, they're looking down on the storm. That's what God is saying to you. When you wait upon me, you'll catch the wind of the Holy Spirit. And I'll raise you up and take you higher and higher and higher. And you'll be able to look down on the storms of life from your lofty place in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, mount up with wings as an eagle. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
I pray that the rest of this year, every one of us get a double dose of Holy Ghost strength. I believe it and I receive it. In the name, I mean a double dose for some of you, a triple dose. Amen. You know, over there in the Western movies, they'd walk up to the bar and they'd say, I'll take a double. Well, glory to God. We're at the Holy Ghost bar today. I'll take a double. I'll take a triple dose of His strength in Christ. They're going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. You're going to be able to run. You're going to be able to finish your race if you'll wait on Him. You're going to be able to carry out and fulfill to the full everything that God's got for you in your life. You'll be able to run and you will not be weary and you'll be able to walk and not faint. Oh, what a powerful truth it is. So how do we wait on the Lord? Don't exert. Just take in. Put your flesh down. Get your thoughts under control. Here's what Brother Hagin said. I love the way he said this in his book, In the Upper Room. He said this, As you spend time in God's presence, ministering to the Lord in praise and worship will quiet your mind and strengthen your spirit. That's why spending much time ministering to the Lord will greatly aid you in developing your spirit. Then he goes on to say, What does ministering to the Lord mean? It means to linger in His presence, to love Him, to worship Him for all that He is and for all that He has done for you. It means to drink in of His glory and of His power and let Him saturate every part of your being. Woo! Glory to God. I could use some saturation. How about you? He said, as you spend time just loving Him and worshiping Him, it's so much easier to quiet your mind and your emotions and to focus on Jesus. Take the time to let your body become quiet and let your mind be still. So how do we rest in the Lord? Number one, we rest in the Lord by coming to Him. Number two, we rest in the Lord by waiting upon Him. Number three, we rest in the Lord sometimes by getting away. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 31, I want you to notice this verse. In Mark 6 verse 31, he says, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place or a secluded place. Every one of us ought to have a desert place. <laughs> we ought to have a place of Selah. How many of you know that Selah means to think, to ponder, and to think calmly about? Or it also means to meditate. Someone says, well, I can't go to Palm Springs tomorrow, but you can go to your prayer closet today. Well, I've got two weeks off uh, in the month of April. You can take time off right now by finding you a desert place or a quiet place free from the distractions of this age. You know, I understand this. We need to come apart before we fall apart. Come apart before we fall apart. And it's wonderful to be able to come to church. And this is a place that we can say la and we can think and we can praise. But every one of you needs some quiet time in your home. It might be in your car. 
You might have a park by your house where you just need to park your body and just open your Bible and say, Lord, talk to me. I receive strength from your word. So notice with me, he says, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. See, the Lord is mindful that we all need rest. He's mindful that we need to recharge our inner man and be replenished physically and mentally. Come on, somebody. Emotionally and spiritually. We need to take time then to replenish in order to be effective. You know, I've discovered this, that all I need sometimes is a good night's sleep. I believe your bed ought to be a place where you can rest. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, you ought to just lift up your hands and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As soon as your eyes open up, you ought to say, Thank you, Lord, for another day to serve you. Glory to God. Amen. Don't allow yourself to get burnt out. Life's too short. You don't want to die young. You don't want you you want to fulfill everything that God's got for you. You can't burn the candle at both ends and make it through this life. You've got to take time to rest. A good friend of mine down in Southern California, pastors a huge church, a mega church actually. He was kind of pushing himself. He's probably preached four or five thousand times more than I have throughout the course of his life, and he's about seven years younger. Now I've preached a good number of sermons, but especially when he was younger, he was pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. How many of you you're not supposed to push your body to its limits? Why is that? Because your body is mortal. Your body's mortal. And uh, he was really, really tired, and he took a flight overseas. And as soon as he hit his chair, I mean, he fell out. He was out like a light. Eight hours later, they landed, and he woke up. And the stewardess looked at him and said to him, What in the world did you take to sleep? He says, I didn't take anything. She says, oh, come on, you must have taken something. She said, this is the worst flight in the history since I've been a stewardess. There was bumping, there was air, there, I mean, the, we thought the jet was going to come apart. And he slept through the whole thing. Somebody says, well, that's a good thing. For him, it wasn't a good thing because he was so tired and on the verge of burnout that he was able to do that. Listen, friends, don't allow yourself to get to that point. Take time to replenish your spirit. Take time to pray in the spirit. The scripture talks about that with stammering lips in another tongue, will he speak to his people? When you speak in the spirit or when you pray in other tongues, you know what you're doing? You are resting in the Lord. There's value in coming apart. Last but not least, we want to talk about Resting in the finished works of Christ. Resting in the finished works of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 4, notice with me in verse 1. Hebrews 4 verse 1. He says, Then us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us off entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. 
This fear here that he's talking about is not the spirit of fear. This fear that he's discussing here is the reverential fear of the Lord that we all have. Verse 2, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. So the good news went forth, right? But notice what happened. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Because they did not mix faith with what they heard. It's important to mix faith with what you have heard or for what you are hearing. And I understand that it's easy to get an attitude like, well, you know, I heard that last week or I heard that last year. I've already got those notes. Can we just move on? Yes, we'll move on when you're ready to move on. And part of you being ready to move on is to get rid of that kind of an attitude. Because once a person thinks that they've heard it, they under, we understand that faith does not come by having heard. I mean, what if I was to say, hey, you know, I had a T-bone steak three months ago, so I never need another one. No, I might have a T-bone steak today. Or I had some potatoes on Thanksgiving but I, you know, I just don't, I've already done that. No, I may have some potatoes today. Understand here that God's word is to be valued. And one of the ways that we value the word of the Lord is we stay awake in church. Amen. One of the ways that we value God's word is we are open to what the spirit of God is saying to us right now. I believe the Holy Spirit has a now word for you and for me. So the word did not profit them because they did not mix faith with them that heard it. Verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were Finish from before the foundation of the world. The highest form of faith that you and I can have is rest. How do we rest? We rest by entering in to what's already been accomplished for us. You see, to rest in what He's already done, we need to know what He's already done. And that's the problem with a lot of people in the body of Christ. The scripture says that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Knowing what he has done and acting what he has done will enable you to enter in to rest. Amen. So there cannot then be authentic belief without resting in what you believe is already done. In verse 4... It says, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all of his works. He created the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. The question I have for you is, why did he rest on the seventh day? He rested on the seventh day because it was done. Because it was finished. Amen. 
And how is it and why do we rest in the word of the living God? Because it is finished. It is already done. The work has been fulfilled. And you and I now today can rest in the finished works of Christ. Amen. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Amen. So we are resting in what he's done. Verse 6. It says, Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Now here's the difficulty. Some people really, really struggle with this. They don't believe that everything they need is already finished and waiting to be claimed. It is a form of legalism. Legalism says we must try to finish what Jesus has completed. But my brothers and sisters, the only work remaining for you and for me is to enter into his rest. See, I'm looking at a congregation today that has been raised up together. And you've been made to sit together with him in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. I love this revelation. Did you know that sitting and resting are synonymous? Some of you are doing really well at that right now. But how we sit and rest determines how well we will walk and how well we will live. There are people that are so busy walking and living that they're not taking time to rest. The true test of belief is to receive and to rest. You see, rest in your healing. I enter into the fact that I'm healed because it is finished. I know that the blood has been shed. I know that the work has been accomplished. I understand and I realize that Jesus was not only made sin for me, but he was made sick for me that I might be healed by his stripes. So let's ask ourselves, how then does this look? How does this translate into our life? If we truly believe in the finished work of Christ and we truly believe that it is done and it is finished, we need to learn to act that way. That means now, acting that way when you get a bad report from the doctor. Incidentally, doctors are not our enemies. They're not our enemies. They're there to report what's going on. But their report is not the final report. We already have the good report. And I love what Isaiah says. He said, whose report will you believe? In other words, whose report will you rest in? Who will you lean on? Who will you put your trust and all your confidence in? We will believe the word of the Lord. We'll believe the report of the Lord. So if you go to a doctor and they give you a report that's undesirable, thank them very much. But then as soon as you leave the doctor's office, you go over to Isaiah chapter 53 and you say, I believe the report of the Lord. 
I'm resting in what Christ has done. Here's what he has done. He has borne our sicknesses. He had carried our pains. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. So I'm resting in that. I'm resting in 1 Peter 2.24. I'm resting in that. Who his own self bore my sins in his own body on the tree. That I, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes, guess what? We were healed. Folks, if you were healed, you are healed. And if you are healed, you is healed. Amen. Say it with me. By his stripes, I am healed. So what do we do? We rest in that. We rest in that. We simply believe that. And then we enter into rest. And when you enter into rest, you're not going to be troubled by it. In John 14, 1... I want you to pull that up there. John 14, 1. In John 14, 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. How can we not allow a heart to be troubled? It depends on what we believe. It depends on what we believe. If we believe that our life is going to be cut short by some sickness or disease then so be it unto us according to what we believe. And that will bring trouble into our soul. But notice with me, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Simply believe in what I said. And when you believe in what I said, you will then enter into my rest. And when you enter into my rest, your heart and your mind is not going to be troubled. Translation, your mind will be full of peace. Your soul will be at ease. You'll not be up all night wondering and worrying, but you'll be in bed at night sleeping, hallelujah, and rejoicing in the Lord your God. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Don't let your heart be troubled. So how does that work in the area of our finances? You know, finances are something that the enemy likes to run havoc in our lives over. Right? Anybody ever experienced that? The worst things, the worst thing that we can do when there's a need financially is start poor mouthing. Well, it doesn't seem like I'll ever have enough. And why we didn't make it through this month. And how are we going to get rid of the vocabulary in the language of what in the world are we going to do? Well, I don't know what we're going to do if this doesn't happen. I don't know what we're going to do if that doesn't happen. We need to get rid of all of that kind of thinking and speaking. Instead of saying, what are we going to do if, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to believe God. We are going to believe God. And we do believe God. And we're going to enter into the rest of God. Amen. So what will that do? That will take all weariness, that will take all of the drain of doubt and unbelief completely out of your soul. So what do we do when the test is on? What do we do when the pressure is on our lives in the area of finances? Well, we have to go to the Word. We have to go to the Word. Here's what the Word says. The Word of God says, 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor for your sake. Do you believe that he was rich in heaven? Do you believe that he became poor on this earth for our sake? And then it goes on to say that you through his poverty might be made rich. Don't shy away from the word rich. It is not a dirty word. It is not a dirty four-letter word. It is a Bible word. And the Bible says that you are rich. But it doesn't matter what the Bible says if you don't believe it. And if you don't say it. And if you don't act on it. So say this with me. I am rich. I am rich. I am rich. I am rich. I am rich in Christ. Now does that mean that every one of you are going to be a billionaire? No, it doesn't mean that. What that means is because he was made poor, that you through his poverty might be rich, you can expect to have a full supply. You can expect him to meet all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. So what do we do when the heat is on? What do we do when we're pressed seemingly sometimes beyond measure? i tell you what we do. We open our mouth. And we say, thank you, Lord, that you are a good God. And you're watching over your word to perform it on my behalf. There is no lack in my life. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. And you are giving me the desires of your heart. How my heart. I've been young, now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor a seed out begging for bread. You are my abundant compensation. You are my exceeding great reward. You are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. I am resting in the promises of God. For all the promises of God are yes and amen. That's what we need to say. When we look into the law of liberty and we see an exceeding great and precious promises, we say yes and amen. Be it unto me according to your word. It is finished. It is done. And just like Mary said, be it unto me. We need to get that way with God's word every day of our life. Be it unto me according to your word. That's resting. Resting in the promises of God. And I'll guarantee you, you will not have to lose any sleep if you're resting in the Lord. Come on, somebody. You will not have to go crazy. If you enter into his rest, you will not have to have issues in your soul like depression and oppression and weariness and woe is me. If you'll believe this word and you'll just take it at face value and you will enter in to what he's already accomplished. It is done. It is done. It is finished. I tell you what ought to be on our mind all day long. Jesus. I said, Jesus, 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 Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noontime, Jesus all day long. 
Who are you looking at? What are you looking at? I'm looking unto Jesus. Come on, somebody. He's the author. He's the finisher of my faith. I'm looking away from anything and everything that would distract me. I'm looking unto Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. Somebody said, well, the doctors say I need to have surgery. Well, if you're going to have the surgery, do it in faith. And enter into his rest. And when they're putting that anesthesia into you, you ought to say, instead of counting backwards, four, two, three, two, one, you ought to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you won't get to number four. You'll be out. But when you wake up, you ought to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Somebody says, what if I don't wake up? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus! Jesus! <laughs> Woo! Jesus! Whose house? Amen. No matter what you go through, He's there. He's there. No matter what you're in right now, He's in you. Stop thinking so much about the trouble you're in and start thinking more about who's in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everyone shout, Jesus! Woo! We're resting. We're resting in the midst of a test. Look unto Him and enter into rest. Know that your test is only temporary. But the word that you believe, the word you received is eternal. So refuse to look at those things that are temporary. For I would remind you, saith the Lord, that they're subject to change and they do have an expiration date. Oh, but look into the eternal promises of God. Look and see what I've already done for thee. Look and rejoice what's already been accomplished. And open up your heart wide and let the King of glory and let the word of life enter into your heart. And as you do, you will experience a rest beyond this world. A rest that this world knows nothing about. A rest that this world pays thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and even millions of dollars to try to attain. With homes here and homes there and treatments here and treatments there and still no rest. I say to you that Jesus' rest is the very best. And not only it is the very best, but it is the only true rest. He is the only true peace. Hallelujah. He's your life. He's your peace. He's our joy. If you don't remember anything else about this service today, just remember that you enter in to what he's finished through his blood sacrifice, through him dying on the cross, for him going into the pit of hell for three days and three nights. He paid the price for you. Enter in to that rest and you will experience joy unspeakable and your life will be filled with the very glory of God. Ooh, glory. I sense the Spirit of God saying, just look. 
Look, look, look what I've already done. Look that I've already blessed you. Look that I've already given you favor. Look that I've already accepted you. Stop striving and attempting through the works of the flesh to obtain my rest. My rest is here today. It is available to you for the receiving. Lift up your hands right now and say, I receive the very rest of God. I say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my body. I call my body strong. I call my mind at peace. I call all my needs met. For faith believes and enters into rest. And as a person of rest, I call those things which be not as though they are until they are. Put your hand over your heart and say, be it unto me. Be it unto me. According to your word. Stop trying to get favor with people and know that your favor has already been bought and paid for. In closing, turn with me to Psalms 5, verse 12. Anybody getting anything today? Glory to God. Psalms 5, verse 12. Stop trying to be accepted by people. Know you're already accepted in Christ. Amen. And don't go out of your way to be unacceptable. But know this, that you are not the rejected. You are the accepted in Christ Jesus. Your acceptance is part of the finished works of Christ. Amen. Read this with me. It says, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. Your righteousness is a finished work. Say with me, I am, I am the righteousness, righteousness of God, of God in, Christ. in Christ. So what does he do for the righteous? Well, with favor, he compasses your life about as a shield. I want you to get this word picture in closing. I want you to see all around you like a shield and like a compass, the favor of God. The favor of God going before you. The favor of God behind you. The favor of God on your side. Amen. Say with me, I enter in to the favor of God. And I rest in your promises. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I hope you got something out of this today. Let's stand to our feet.